Everybody, welcome to a good football show. I am Patrick Darty, joined today by Mr. Craig Dennis Carter. We will be discussing Russell Wilson's fit with the Broncos, some under the radar pass catching running backs, one of Denny's favorite topics, and then Denny's true favorite topic, kickers. Um, that is if we have time, because we will be joined in the second half of the show by Mr. Bob Lung to discuss next month's fantasy football expo in Canton, Ohio, where Denny and I will both be, and I believe participating in panels, perhaps even playing flag football. And we also have a Bob's annual fantasy football consistency guide. But first, Denny, uh, did you get invited to the Scott Fishbowl? You and the Scott Fishbowl? Anybody else hear about this? (laughs) There it is. There's the Uh, Yes, I I lobbied for months to get Scott Fish to include me, and, uh, and he did, which was nice. So in mine, I had so Scott Fishbowl. It's a super flex. It's tight end premium. You get points for like a first down or something, right? Uh, it's, there, there's a lot of little caveats, little little scoring uh, tweaks here and there, and uh, yeah, first downs are one of them. I think uh, tight ends get 11 points per reception. Yeah, you uh, lose a lot of points for quarterback interceptions. I know. So I had oh, tons. 12th, I had 12th pick, <laughs> so I got back to back, and I did Mr. Justin Jefferson. And then I did the highest T pick. Is this the highest T or lowest T pick imaginable? Denny and Tom Brady at uh, two one in the Scott Fish Bowl for me. I, I I think it could be it could go either way. I'm going to say it's it's a very high T pick because he's you know going to be this is his age forty five season, and uh, so yes, Not when your testosterone that. starts leveling off, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> for some, for some, uh, for I others. See all no. these commercials. Yeah, I mean every time. Dan, I know you've been dabbling in baseball. So have you have you watched baseball games? Yeah. There are a yeah. lot of commercials about ways to like fix your tea. Oh um, man, I, uh, Frank Thomas and Doug Flutie are constantly talking to me about my tea levels. Yeah, well, I think th- that that stuff is like almost like HGH. I don't know what that stuff is, Nugenics or whatever. No offense to Nugenics. I like my, my favorite part of the testosterone supplement commercials are when they give a wink and a nod to the the, the, the sexual part of yeah, the yeah. men's they, health. They never say it. They never, they, they never say it. They're just like, you know what I mean? Hey, it's always hey. like a 75-year-old guy who looks like he's just been doing courses of HGH for like nine straight months, and he has a very thick white goatee, and he's like, victory men's health, put it back in me, if you know what I mean. And uh, I'm, I'm just sad. This, I'm just, I'm just talking about a commercial. This is on my kids see this. So right? we can talk about it on the podcast. My wife knows what I mean. Yeah, I mean, it is. I'm trying to watch a baseball game. Like, yeah, maybe just. Uh, you know, my <laughs> yeah. kid is six years old. Um, what? How, literally, how do I explain this? To you? Yeah, I know it's true, uh, Daddy. Yeah, why is Grandpa his muscles just like popping off his body? And uh, I've never ever seen a goatee styled so. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. So, so it's such a high T fashion. By the way, I. I this is, has nothing to do with what we're talk, talking about, but. I have to tell you something about the fantasy football expo. Uh, and it's this, I don't know if I can play flag football because I have a busted right knee. What? I, this is how you got out of the draft too. I injured, (laughs) (laughs) I injured my knee playing softball and I was not able to get through our playoffs. We had, we had a, we had a four game playoff and I had to be helped off the field. And Are I, you serious? <laughs> and I and and my knee is not right. And I need to go to the doctor. 
and I really want to play, like I would do anything to play flag football with you guys, but I don't know if I'll physically be able to do it. I might have to be the coach. I don't know. Wow. What's me? Have you gotten an MRI yet? I have not. It's the back of the knee. I don't, I don't understand. Are you one of those men who's like afraid to go to the doctor? I haven't been to the doctor since the second Bush administration. <laughs> but you have been, you've been to the men's health clinic many, many times uh, working on your testosterone levels. Um, yes. I haven't found anything that works, but it's not, it's, it's not covered by, by, by health insurance, unfortunately. Uh, um, yeah. I mean, I want to play the flag football as we saw in, in Los Angeles, you know, I'm a bit of a football star. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is it your kicking leg, by the way? Could you kick still? Uh, no, I could not kick. Absolutely could not oh, kick. Um, yeah, I mean, no. I'll have to do down. it then. Yeah, well, at the, at the uh, Super Bowl, you I saw you throw it clear over that mountain. Uh, like, <laughs> I, did, like, I kicked it over the indoor mountain. Um, I'm Uncle Rico, uh, the leg version. Um, yeah, right. But we really need you. We really, really, really need you because you've got a lot of sneaky athleticism yourself. It's sneaky. It's I'm a, I'm a Wes Welker type. Yeah, you are. A we- you're bigger than Wes Welker. Denny, by the way, is like uh, – like you might Denny's big in person. Denny presents big. Well, you're like what five eleven, maybe six no, foot even. I'm like barely five ten. All right. Well, you present big in person. That's because um, uh, I work out all the time. I it's yeah, it's the T. It's the T that you've been <laughs> dabbling in there. And finally, so the first guy we're talking about is Russell Wilson, high or low T? Oh man. Uh, I mean, work ethic wise, there's no one more high T. Than, than Russell Wilson, the guy probably sleeps in his pads and helmet. So he's probably turning. He's the kind of guy who probably turns every second of his workout into an NFT or something because he doesn't like being poor. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, right. He just texts like uh, Tim Patrick's, like, "Oh, do you like being poor? Why aren't you making your workout into an NFT?" You're right. And, yeah, um, I, I could see that. But but overall, I, I don't think that he has a, a, a super high T aesthetic. Um, I think that. Um, you know, his, his wife has definitely, uh, helped him, uh, the T levels there with, with you looking, looking more like, a, like a dude, you know, like, a, like it's a, I mean, before he looked, he constantly looked like a, uh, a tourist in Hawaii. He did. Uh, no, he, yeah, he looked like an American tourist in like Vienna and yeah, yeah, um, who somehow had two cameras around his neck, not just one. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. So, so his style definitely has. Has gotten better, but but overall, I think that he's actually way too nice a guy to be um, to be considered high T. I think I mean he's a, he's a nice guy, but I think to rehab like twenty one hours a day for a finger injury, I think that is like truly uncontrollable levels of testosterone. Yeah, when he was tweeting in the middle of the night, being like, well, I'm, "We're we're grinding here," I'm like, "Bro, like you're." He had like Dr. Anthony Fauci like stretching out his finger for eight hours a night. Like that's how committed he was to the like, rehab grind. Part of the rehab, Russell, uh, should be getting some sleep. Yeah, you know, no, it, uh, as we learn more and more, people are saying more and more that sleep is important. <laughs> yes, it is. It's not an extraneous factor. No. You know, it, it, it would be like him re- not drinking water during rehab and be like, I don't, I don't have time for water. And as no. we know, he's from the generation that can't get enough water, unlike our fathers, who we have still never seen drink water and never will. <laughs> they never have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, um, <laughs> so now you got me thinking about my dad not drinking water. But uh, yeah, uh, Russell Wilson uh, needs to needs to sleep more. It's not it's not cool to not sleep. Sorry, Russell. Not cool to not sleep. And um, so we'll get we'll get into the show now. Denny ESPN's yeah. Russell Fowler had the explosive report, the exclusive that the Broncos are, quote, tailoring their offense around Russell Wilson. And I mean, eh, 
nah, it sounds like I'm making fun of Jeremy Fowler, but I mean, he, he didn't mean for his report to be taken the way, like his report was like taken as like a bombshell when I don't, I don't think he was trying to present it as a scoop that they were building their offense around Russell Wilson, just passing along a pretty interesting report. And so first off, I, I, we would say that we hope that they're tailoring their offense around the quarterback. They surrender two first round picks, two second round picks, Noah Fant, et cetera, for, but the question remains, and I've been wondering about this all off season. Do you think Russell will actually find like what he's looking for in Denver? Because he's going from a run heavy mm-hmm. offense, you know, to what should be a Packers type system that we know revitalized itself with balance and the run. And the Seahawks pass rate was 57% last year. The Packers pass rate was only 58%. I mean, they're both top 16, but like, do you really think like this is going to be Russell unleashed or is he going to be frustrated again by like, a, a very, very balanced offense? I have a lot of stuff. I have a lot of stuff to talk about here. Uh, I'll start with this, that I think it is, especially at this time of year, somewhat newsy that the Broncos are tailoring their offense to fit Russell Wilson because, if we remember correctly, and I believe we are, Russell Wilson left Seattle because they weren't doing that. <laughs> because Pete Carroll literally refused to do it now they guess it is true I'm like i'm like talking like like in a mocking tone like it's a no-brainer to tailor the offense around russell wilson when his previous coach refused to do that for a and decade and he won and he won and Pete carroll won it it, it 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 he lost but he won and and so you have you have now you have uh uh the the broncos maybe maybe doing what we saw with the, the seahawks do in 2020 which when the let Russ cook movement broke through from Twitter into one of the most successful mass popular movements of the 21st century. It it was, I mean, it it beats the labor movement, honestly, in the 20th century. And, and, and um, uh, which was very weird to see, but you you may remember as a fantasy manager that that really was, was quite cool and productive for the season's first half. Not so much for the second half. I'll give you the, the zoomed out view uh, of, of what that looked like. So Seattle had a 61% pass rate in the first eight weeks of that season, 2020 that dropped to 58% for the final eight weeks. So that not a huge drop there, but after, so uh, in the first eight weeks, uh, Russell Wilson had by far the high, the league's highest completion rate over expected high, highest EPA per play was nearly at the top in uh, air yards per attempt that all came crashing down in the second half. But the thing is, the type of throws that he was making in the second half of that 2020 season were not all that different than, than the throws in the first half. I'm just, I'm trying to distill some of the the stats I found and say that it's not as if they told him, Russell, you have to dump it off. Russell, you have to throw it to the intermediate part of the field. He kept trying those deep shots. They weren't working because teams shifted to that too high safety shell. So was this the beginning of the too high safety disease and we just didn't credit early enough? Well, it was not it was not the, the, the beginning, but it was it was one of the first. So I, I, I do I have this stat about the two high safeties uh, in 2018. By the beginning of the two high safety, I just meant the resurgence. Obviously, yeah, the two high safety is not a new look in the NFL. That's right. Yeah, that, that, I think that's accurate. Uh, in 2018, the highest amount of two high safety looks faced by any quarterback in the league was 42 percent in 2018. During the 2021 NFL season, only five teams faced two high safeties less than 40% of the time. So th- this is a, a, a you know a big trend that has uh, been implemented to stop these high-flying aerial attacks, and, including, obviously, Patrick Mahomes in, in Kansas City. 
it worked to perfection against the Seattle offense in 2020 when they could not move the ball. They became one of uh, the least productive offenses as far as, far as yards uh, and, uh, and, and touchdowns in the second half of the season. From a fantasy perspective, Russell Wilson was nearly unstartable. DK Metcalf, nearly unstartable. Tyler, Tyler Lockett, except for one explosion, absolutely just unstartable. You could not start him in 12-team leagues. This, this was a stark contrast to how things started. So teams know that. Teams know how to get to Russell Wilson. I think a tailored offense for uh, around Russell Wilson in Denver is not going to look like that. It can't look like that because it didn't work because teams figured it out. And just yeah, So that's the thing. Where it's like I feel like the overall ratios will be pretty similar. We're like they're going to be running the ball almost as much as the Seahawks did, the Broncos. But the hope is that it's much more like the Packers. Where I'm sorry, I keep I keep re- reusing this joke phrase, whatever you want to call it. Where the Packers they'll want to run smarter, not harder. Mm-hmm. Whereas Pete Carroll, it's always this harder, harder, and like they want and two really good running backs. Not Russell Wilson was used to that. In they actually always had fairly good backfield talent. But you know, Javante Williams re-signed Melvin Gordon. The hope is just that even if the overall pass rate it doesn't like explode for Russell Wilson, but yeah, he's not hampered by these two high safety looks. He's put in much more advantageous spots because they're what they're passing what more on like second and three or like third and two instead of third and seven, yeah. second and eight, that kind of thing. And that so even if we don't get like Russell Wilson setting a new career high for attempts or whatever, or, or Russell Wilson. You know, or, or the, the the Broncos passing over 60 percent of the time, it works like it does in Green Bay, where Aaron Rodgers is still an elite real life quarterback, an elite fantasy quarterback, even though he doesn't have the kind of volume you would typically associate with that. And that's yeah. what we have to have happen with Russell Wilson and the Broncos. So the the more I read into you know what happened in uh, twenty twenty to the Seahawks in between the first half and the second half of the season, the more the the avenue sort of led to the Broncos running backs as being the beneficiaries of, and I know this sounds funny of an offense tailored to Russell Wilson's strengths. Um, so Pete Carroll is winning the argument is what you're saying. He's winning the war to, you know, to beat two high safeties, you know, offenses have to become kind of boring. And we saw that in, in Kansas city last year where Patrick Mahomes, you know, is not thrilled about being boring. He didn't want to be boring. So he ran around, he tried to make Superman plays. It didn't really work. Um, they didn't have, you know, a, a great run game, so they couldn't counter it like that. Um, but teams have to methodically move the ball downfield and kind of open up the passing game by running the ball and to to get guys in the box, to get defenders in the box. So then then you can attack downfield. And the the Seahawks couldn't did not do that, could not do that if the Broncos can. And I, th- I think they can with those with those running backs and a decent offensive line. I think that the running backs, especially obviously Javante Williams, who is kind of off the charts and peripheral stats, um, could could be the main beneficiaries here. Denny, you came dangerously close to declaring analytics a failed state there, basically, uh, where you almost you almost just admitted it. Run. He almost just admitted it that yeah, you have to establish the run to open up the pass. Well, but it, but if yeah, teams are playing off, yeah, yeah. Well, and it's also too though. We think we will get the best of both worlds with the Broncos, where. Yeah, it was this fan like basically what 2014 to 2019 was like a fantasy in the NFL. Like it wasn't real football. Where, like you couldn't just keep you know why don't teams just pass 70 percent of the time? And like we it was every year they kept getting away with it until last year when yeah. defenses remember like hey, wait a minute 
uh, wasn't there this really common coverage look that just <laughs> stopped to this? And yeah. for some reason, we stopped using altogether. And now we're seeing the return of balance, but hopefully we're, yet, we're seeing the return of Packers-style balance and not Seahawks-style balance, where it's not so predictable. It's not Mike Zimmer running two times for four yards on first and second down and then being in third and sixth. It's like the Rams, Sean McVay mixing up the patterns, like the Packers mixing up the patterns, hopefully mixing in play action and admitting to that there is a point about having to have balance in the NFL, but you have to be unpredictable with your patterns and your play calling. Please just give us that in, in Denver. If the the tailor-made Russell Wilson offense is going to have success, Russell Wilson's going to have to get a lot better at intermediate throws. He's among the worst per EPA. What's the deal with that? Uh, well, I, I, I don't know, but he's never been good at them. It, you know, from it's too high teens. His, yeah, and and you know he throws that beautiful rainbow deep ball. We we know that we've seen it for over a decade in Seattle. That'll continue, but you know, like I said, teams know how to stop that. You can't just do that, which is what the Seahawks did for the first half of the 2020 season. All they did was play action bomb, play action bomb. That you can't do that. I mean, eventually defenses will say, "Okay, we're just going to put two guys back there," and you literally can't do it anymore. Do you think Russell Wilson will be a QB one? I mean, I guess he'll probably be a QB. Yeah. What kind of QB one do you think he's going to be for the Broncos? Top what? Top ten. Which you know, You're not comfortable I, saying top eight. Uh, maybe, but I I think that there is some downside here that people are not are not considering. I. I <laughs> The supporting cast is good, but it's not as good. I will say that. And sorry, to, to, yeah, what were you going to say? As, about as much as I disagree with everything Pete Carroll says and does, oh, you got to give it to him and say <laughs> <laughs> say that maybe the reason the offense was not tailored around Russell Wilson is because he's not good enough. I, that's all I'll say. That's 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 the conclusion I came to after reading fifteen hundred you know reviews. Of of how the 2020 season went for the Seahawks. Well, he he just has not been the same since midway through that 2020 season, where they just like totally lost their identity. Like you said, when the, the defenses started throwing those looks at them, and they had no counterpunch whatsoever. They had no adjustment, and he was trending the same way last year. And then after he came back, he missed three games with the finger. He was not good until Rashad Penny went absolutely nuts the final five games. Yeah. And then Russell Wilson started posting usable stat lines again. And it was kind of like Pete Carroll being like the Joker. Yeah, like, oh, absolutely. What, what now? Yeah, no, I mean, he, he could have put the makeup on and everything and I would have been fine with it because I think that, I think that he, in the end was right. You know, uh, the, a lot of pushback I got on Twitter was, of course they're tailoring around him. Every team tailors their uh, offense around their, their great quarterback. My, Pushback. My counter to that is maybe Russell Wilson isn't a great quarterback. Nah, I mean, is that, bad? is that wrong? It's probably wrong, but it is. <laughs> it is interesting. I mean, he's very fascinating because yeah, it seems like every time they did open it up, it would run really hot and then it would really cool off quickly. I think and maybe I think you're onto something about the end of last season. If Javante or whoever you know in, in Melvin Gordon, if they go off. I think he can ride that train. I think that that can be the catalyst to a bigger type of Russell Wilson season than I'm saying right now. But if it's just him dropping back and drop and throwing rainbows to Cortland Sutton, that's not working. That's, and that, it's it's what revitalized Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Like he just made his passing life so much easier when they had a more sophisticated, more productive 
rushing attack. Yeah. But yeah, the, the key is it has to be more sophisticated. It, it can't be Mike Zimmer, where they're just you know run first yeah. down, run second down, and then we'll see what happens on third down. Absolutely, it has to be much more sophisticated than that. So Russ, too, though. I mean, people kind of always forget how old Russell Wilson is. He's like thirty-five already. Yeah. Um, so maybe, is he actually 35? Let me look this up real quick. Yeah, we're we're going to look it up. This is good podcasting. He's 34. He's turning 34 in November. So he's older than you think. So definitely one of those. And I'll just ask you this real quick. Well, and we've been talking about Russell Wilson way too long, but do you think, is this supporting cast better than the supporting cast he had in Seattle? I think people are kind of like taking it as like an article of faith that this supporting cast is better. Maybe it's deeper, but do you think Russell Wilson's Seahawks supporting cast or his new Broncos supporting cast is better? I think that the undeniable, uh, almost mystical connection he had with Tyler Lockett and the and D- DK Metcalf's dominance as a as a as a boundary receiver, I think that I would take that over what he has in Denver. I I, I feel like man, I feel like the Cortland Sutton excitement is a little much. Is is just a little much. I mean, this guy vanished from the face of the earth one one season ago, okay? He came back from a devastating knee injury. He had alibis, yeah. He was not the same. Um, he was not uh, uh, He was not fantasy relevant at all over the last, like, 10 or 11 weeks of the season. Like, well, let's I, – I feel like we need to pump the brakes big time on court. So. He mean, he's coming off the knee injury with Teddy Bridgewater, with Vic Fangio, but it was discouraging. It was definitely dis- – and, you know, just a discouraging year for Jerry Judy as well. Um, but oh, yeah. they're like a good, they're a good approximation of what Russell Wilson had in Seattle. They're not as good as DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, but they're a pretty good approximation of what Russell Wilson had. So hopefully it is enough. Denny, I, unfortunately, this is not a joke. We're, we might not have enough time to talk about your kickers. That's okay. But we're going to talk about your recent article headlined four low key superb pass catching running backs. I mean, I'm not trying to say that. It was like, a, I don't, it sounded like I was mocking and I'm not. Um, pretty interesting. Article con- so take us through the concept, and maybe we'll get into some of the players that you wrote up. Yeah, so basically I, I, I wanted to look at guys who in recent seasons have been very successful in small sample sizes as a pass catcher out of the backfield. Uh, and, and you know, this uh, was predicated on a few stats, including yards per route run, targets per route run, and this uh, very, very cool uh, stat that I sort of recently discovered on – uh, that uh, it's uh, fantasy points expected per target, which which uh, I, I think is is very cool. I talked to Pat Crane about it, and so s- some of the guys that jumped out, and you can read the piece on NBCSportsEdge.com. Michael Carter, who's kind of the cover guy for this, uh, uh, Kenneth Gainwell from the Eagles, obviously Tony Pollard, uh, Ramadre Stevenson also jumped out, and then some some uh, some other guys included um, uh, Corderell Patterson and Naheem Hines. Patterson, I, I mentioned. I think I mentioned this last week in our Falcons preview. Patterson post, posted insane pass catching numbers. And I didn't realize how efficient he was until you mm-hmm. talked about it on the podcast. Really, something almost CMC like type efficiency out of the backfield. No, I'm not saying Patterson is CMC. No, it's just, too late. It's been clipped. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> um, uh, you know, Tony Pollard. Uh, you know, he pops in almost every way that that, that you can look at it, including. Um, in his somewhat limited pass catching opportunities. Now with Amari Cooper gone from Dallas, the, I guess the hope is for fantasy purposes that, you know, he slots in as like maybe the number two or three pass catching option for Dak Prescott behind, 
CeeDee Lamb and behind uh, Dalton Schultz, but maybe, maybe above Dalton Schultz as if he, if he is used consistently like that. Uh, so, uh, you know, Paulo jumped out as well. And it made me think that Michael Carter is not a bad late round selection in, in, in redraft this year. Um, I know Brees Hall is going to get the first crack at the whole three down thing, but if it doesn't work out, Michael Carter uh, proved uh, to, you know, to be very productive on limited touches last year. Well, is Michael Carter kind of like an elite zero RB target this year? Because yeah. I feel like it'd be putting a lot, even as a second rounder, it'd be putting a lot on Brees Hall's plate to have him be a three down back. I mean, and as we know, this might, it's a more talented offense now, but it might not necessarily be an actually good offense. And there could be lots of third down, hurry up, comeback mode snaps. And Michael Carter's the classic, like he's like one injury away from maybe having a three down role. Sure. So are you, are you prioritizing him as a zero RB? Uh, post I, I, am. I am. And here's one thing, just, I'll, I'll just take this from, from the article real quick. Uh, um, bolstered by a surge of targets from Mike White and Josh Johnson. Who could forget that? From week six to week nine, Carter finished his rookie season with the sixth highest targets per route run among among running backs who had at least 100 routes. Uh, and he consistently commanded targets, which is all you can you know really ask for. Um, and and it's, it's an important aspect. It's, it's more important than asking, does a quarterback check down to running backs? That, that, that question, and it's something that I've kind of learned recently, that question about the quarterback tendency is certainly secondary to a receiving running back's ability to command targets. Have you, would it say you changed your thinking on Michael Carter doing this article? Yeah. Is anyone like, who, have you, who did you change your thinking on the most? Maybe heading into like the height, or yeah. not the height of summer draft, the kind of the end of best ball season, really the beginning of redraft season. I am more comfortable with Tony Pollard at, at ADP. And I, I think in, on this show, I have expressed some, you know, uh, you know, some hesitancy to take him at ADP in redraft. Um, I feel a little bit better about that. Kenneth Gainwell, who I mentioned in the article was not on my radar. And if you believe, and it's a, it's a valid belief. And I think that we'll, we'll probably see more of this as the summer wears on. If you believe that the Philadelphia offense will be more balanced this year, that they, they didn't acquire A.J. Brown in order to run the ball 65 times a game, um, it, then Kenneth Gainwell, would it would stand to reason that if he serves as the main pass catching back in that type of offense, um, that you know he could be a, not a PPR monster or anything, but certainly serviceable, especially if you are kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel as a zero RB drafter. Well, the thing with zero RB, too, is like, it has to really, I feel like, be a successful zero RB. I mean, you have to be in on the guys that like most, like, there becomes like popular zero RB guys who then kind of by definition become not zero RB. And I feel like Kenneth Gainwell is not, no one's going to want to be taking Kenneth Gainwell no, this no, summer. No, no. And so he does strike me as like a true zero RB where you just look at the situation where they're going to be run heavy regardless. So they have a nice run, run base to build off of, but then hopefully. So in the ways that they are less run heavy will be more, yeah, like short targets to people like Kenneth Gainwell. It would just make a lot of sense Uh, um, for Kenneth Gainwell to be much more involved this year. So uh, this, this is one that that really caught my attention. Gainwell finished uh, 2021 second among all running backs and expected fantasy points per route run. Um, Who was first? um, uh, uh, Patterson. Wow. Yeah, so Gainwell really, really popped in that in that category. Now, a lot of his production came when the Eagles were 
bad and we're passing it a lot late in the game, checking down to Gainwell and other guys got her in, in Ertz for a while. Um, so I, you know, that take that with a grain of salt. Uh, but I think he's worth paying attention to only in PPR format. How about Cordero Patterson? He's the RB 34. Is that like a discount, dude? Does that sound right? How are you cool with well, Cordero? Is, is, yeah. Just, yeah. What do you make of Cordero Patterson's summer ADP? I was completely out on him uh, until until I, I started doing you know research around around this this topic of uh, efficiency on pass catching opportunities and and he just stood out in every way and and also that we got we got a report I think last week or the week before that Patterson will still be the starting running back but he will not lead the team in carries I think that's good like who cares like who cares if if Cordero Patterson isn't getting the ball. Um, on uh, on second and four from from his own thirty five yard line like that that that's a that's an empty carry like that's that's just a wash yeah I think Andy. we don't even want him to lead the team in carries seeing as like how worn down he was by the end yeah. of last season I, right they they drafted uh, Tyler Algier at a BYU to take on those inglorious like you know between the tackles tough running sort of carries that Patterson was not excelling in and that we, as fantasy managers, we don't really want, like that doesn't, it doesn't matter. So like his box score won't look as impressive. Oh, we got, he got 15 carries and six catches. It might be, he got three carries and six catches. The six catches are what matters. And yeah, he got, so it was, so he had two different kind of carries where he had those like real, like inglorious, like you said, early down between the tackles. Then he had so many of the high value touches and if we just keep most of those high value touches, like cutting out, like again, the ones that aren't really doing anything for him, that like he could be like even weirdly more valuable this year. I don't, I don't know why yes. we're hyping up Cordell Patterson, actually. But well, <laughs> you know why? Because it's July. It's early July. Yeah, uh, but but uh, I, I way to take people behind the curtain. Now they know when we're taping this. Um, <laughs> oh man, sorry, messed up again. You can we can edit that out, Adam. <laughs> uh, it, you know, so I think CPAT would. Uh, is is actually a pretty a pretty decent zero RB target. I also think that like like sharp drafters drafting now are going to value him in a, a completely different way than casual drafters who I think will value him much more because of what happened last year. People fall in love with players they snatch off the waiver wire and uh, and and get that sort of production from. So I think I think Patterson will be way too rich for for me uh, once casual players start coming in. That makes sense. And what also I was, was, was going to do like attempt to do a horrible transition, uh, <laughs> but uh, we, we, ha- we have run out of time for the kicker article, but the good news is we will be right back after this with Mr. Bob Lung. Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC sports predictor app powered by points bet to go download it. Now the contests are free and easy to play. And you have a shot to win thousands by predicting what will happen in major league baseball on the PGA tour and on the NASCAR circuit. We also have a special contest on Tuesday and Thursday called Battle of the Bets, where you can agree or disagree with our experts for a shot to collect some cash. It is now our distinct pleasure to welcome in fantasy ind- industry. I don't what's even the right word. For it? I was going to say veteran lifer, but you're that, that would like imply that you're like you're I'm not old. in your. Yeah, that would imply <laughs> like you're not in your prime, where you're very much in your prime with the expo, which is just exploding getting bigger every year. We can't wait to participate. Same with the Kings classic at the expo, which I love to be a part of may the best all-star league out there, mm-hmm. I would say. And, uh, and also the, the consistency guys. So yeah, you've like, you've had the thing you've been doing for decades and now you've got the new rapidly growing thing. 
I, I don't know what the, the proper title is for you, Bob. Just Bob. Bob. No, thank you guys for having me. Uh, you know, honored that NBC Sports Edge is our title sponsor this year. That that just made me so happy. I know when Ed brought it up to my attention last year after you guys, I think, did like maybe the lanyards or something. You guys, it's like, yeah, we, we really want to be the title sponsor. And he said, call me first. And I said, you bet. So uh, really excited for you guys to be a part of this. Um, you know, you guys, I know you're bringing the whole crew in. We are. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there'll be a separate section just for Denny's fans alone, but um, <laughs> we're, uh, we'll have to, we'll have to make some concessions, you know, probably have security and various stuff like that. Well, that was going to be my first question to you is why are you allowing, I love the expo, but why are you allowing Denny to attend? It's really kind of what uh, I would like to well, know. Well, you know, the title sponsor kind of gets the lay of the land. So, I, you know, you have to bring that up with that. I have no it's, idea. It's a, it's a constitutional issue, really. I think so, yeah. <laughs> Did, are we doing... he doesn't go Zach Wilson on us, you know, while he's in town. That's all I'm worried about. You know, we don't. That's not a concern with Denny. Not a concern with Denny. Not at all. No, I'm not sure we're not. Not nearly (laughs) enough testosterone um, for Denny. (laughs) But, Bob, I mean, I guess it's kind of self-explanatory in some ways, but just tell us about, I mean, for those unfamiliar, like the Expo's mission, what fantasy fans will find there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, it's a fantasy football Expo, I guess, is the mission, but it's just so big. It's just getting bigger and bigger every year, and there are just so many cool cool sites, cool places, and cool fans there. Just tell people a little bit about the expo in general. Yeah, I mean, really, you know, I've lived my entire life here in Canton, Ohio. I I lived three miles away from the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Growing up as a child, my dad, grandfather, take me to all the games. And, you know, we used to do the whole Hall of Fame weekend in two days. It was literally like boom, 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 one after another. Um, And, you know, so uh, in addition to that, for the last 33 years, um, Denny, or Denny, Patrick, I think I, maybe you know this, but uh, I've been a volunteer driver for Hall of Fame weekend. So I've driven everybody from Al Davis to John Madden to John Lynch last year. This year, I have Mark Davis, owner of the Raiders. So, you know, I've watched this thing just blow up into this amazing five-day event. And, um, you know, so as I got deeper and deeper into the fantasy community and, and kind of gained street cred and people kind of knew who I was and what I was about and where I was, I was at, I always said, man, why are we not utilizing this Hall of Fame city for basically the same scenario? Uh, basically, fantasy football's greatest weekend, and so um, you know it was just always my dream to kind of do that, uh, bring my two favorite communities together, the fantasy community and my own hometown. And I started with the Kings Classic in 2018, and, and Patrick, you've been a you know, original member ever since, and not relegated know, that, yet either. Huh? I have not been relegated yet either. So no, no, and we're, we all don't want that now that we have an official way of doing it. But uh, so the idea was, you know, do the Kings Classic, and then we had a lot of fun getting together at BW threes um, afterwards. And <laughs> you know, I said, well, geez, why don't we have like a little expo the next day? It's when all you guys are here anyway, and and so we did that in 2019. And uh, you know, from that point, um, you know, we. Uh, you know, did the expo in 2019. It was nice. We had about 30 booths, um, but we only had like 75 people show up. And I'm like, okay, well, it's a nice start. And then COVID happened. And then 2021, which was last year, I really wasn't sure exactly what, you know, was going to happen. But anyway, 500 people showed up. And so combination of everybody being cooped up for a year and a half and the 
vaccinations being in place and people were starting to feel a little bit safer about travel, it just blew up. And this year we're gonna obviously exceed that. Um, we've added so many more things. We've added a Friday night party. Uh, so we have a Friday night party, a Saturday night party. We draft all day Saturday during the day. Uh, and then Sunday is the big expo with panel discussions. We have 50 trade booths this year um, and so many new topics, well, not new topics, topics that we didn't haven't discussed in the past. So we have four rooms of discussions going on at the same time. Uh, the great thing is we're going to record all the sessions. So if you can't go to, you know, one of the, you know, got two favorite topics you want to go to, uh, you know, if Denny in one room and Patrick's in the other room, fans are going to have to decide. So now you don't have to because we're going to record them. We will be in different rooms. We're never in the same room in person. That's right. Not allowed. Right. It's kind of like Batman and you aren't in the same room at the yeah. same time. Right? <laughs> um, so we're going to record all the sessions. So afterwards, if you attend and you didn't get a chance to go here and you missed this one, you can watch them all videoed online after the fact. So uh, we've got a cornhole tournament, flag football tournament, quarterback skills challenge, all during the Friday and Saturday party. So it's going to be uh, an absolute blast. I, I can't wait uh, for this all to come about. So. Yeah. I, uh, you know, back to back party nights. I, I think we're going to get, and we're going to need NBC to sponsor Pedialyte or Gatorade for that's, that's <laughs> a great idea at the, uh, at the expo. So, uh, Bob, you know, we, we talked a little bit about what was there last year, uh, is, and, and you, I think you just mentioned some of the, some of the new features, uh, for for this year, we have a cornhole uh, tournament. We have flag football. Do we it, did what am I missing? What else? What else? The uh, the quarterback skills challenge. Oh right. boy! Oh boy! I, I, I'm doing that. I'm doing my shoulders yeah. like already sore. Ugh. Oh stop! <laughs> stop. We're, gonna do, we're gonna do that one for charity, probably you know fantasy cares or something like that. So uh, to enter, you know, so yeah. there'll be three stations. We're gonna throw at some tackling dummies. We're gonna throw at some you know. Kind of drop some dimes into some trash barrels yeah. uh, from 10, 15, 20 yards out. And then we're going to have like a, a net that has holes in it to, for target practice as well. Yeah. And Trophy Smack's going to supply uh, the winner uh, with some kind of amazing, you know, because that's how they do things in amazing fashion. Uh, so it's going to be a great time. And uh, we're, we just uh, started the sign up for the flag football. Uh, we're 16 teams. We'll, uh, we're going to do 16 teams total. We're already at four, and we've only we haven't even been up twenty four hours. So nice. uh, eight player teams, five on five, kind of a modified format, which you can see on the website. But uh, you go out on Twitter to use I think it's hashtag Expo Flag Football. If you're a, a prospect and you would like to be drafted by a team so that you can play at the event, we actually are going to bring Khalil Herbert from the show. There you go. No, that's right. that's right. <laughs> Denny, by the way, is already trying to beg out of the flag football. He claims what? His knee, I thought he was going to be the star here. I hurt my, I hurt my knee yeah, in, sure. in softball. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm almost 40 years old. Give me a break. Um, uh, Bob, uh, the, as far as the panels go, uh, can you give folks a preview of, um, of you know, what will be covered during those panels? Yeah, so I'll just read them all. Here we go. Expert mock draft, which we always do. Redraft strategies, dynasty strategies, uh, the pregame event, which is kind of the you know biggest names up on stage, a Devi panel, IDP, sports betting. We have a medical panel with, uh, sponsored by the fa fantasy doctors. Uh, they're going to have all kinds of different guys there answering, doctors answering your questions about the various injuries and players, high stakes, best ball strategies, auction strategies, DFS, uh, women in fantasy, uh, you know, a bunch of the ladies are going to get together and just kind of discuss, you know, uh, what it, what it's like to get started. And then actually 
another one called Getting Started in Fantasy, uh, which the football guys, I think, and Ed's going to be a part of that. Just talking about, hey, if you want to get started in fantasy, you're really not sure where to start. Um, you know, guys like Joe Bryant, Ed, uh, Ed Williams, um, various people like that are going to be on stage telling you, you know, how they go through that process and, and hire people and, you know, how you can get yourself noticed. So just a lot of great things for every various stage of fan, uh, analyst, uh, you know, we're all fans. I mean, we're all fans of each other, right? I'm huge fans of you guys. Uh, I'm sure you buy my consistency guide, obvious, right? Uh, so, of course. <laughs> But we're all fans of each other, and that's what's great. It's a great community. Uh, you know, there's no – it's not like Twitter. There's not trolls out there trying to – It is not know, like Twitter. It's a very, very, very good vibes all weekend. <laughs> Excellent vibes, yeah. Yeah, there are no Twitter uh, Twitter trolls that come to this thing and start you Dave. know yelling at people for their bad takes. So it's just a good time. Bob, what is different, or if anything, with the Kings Classic this year? How many leagues are we up to in the Kings Classic? So we're still at three, two live, and then one online. The online, of course, is made up of uh, seven out of the 14 teams are international. Uh, we have guys in England, Mexico, Canada, um, Germany, South Africa, um, I'm trying to think, oh, Australia. Uh, so we have all that. And then we have uh, some various people who just can't make it in but want to be a part of it uh, due to travel uh, thing issues. But, yeah, so – you know, uh, that's still happening. No real new news this year. I think we are moving fantasy points into the live draft um, because we were going to have Jeff Manns. He can't make it. So Jeff's going to move back. So fantasy points going to move up. I think Graham Barfield, probably Joe Dolan will be part of that. Um, you know, Fabiano will be in. Howard Bender's coming in this year for fantasy alarm. Uh, so, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the big, obviously all the big names that we always expect like Brad Evans and, Andy Barons, Dave Richards, Mike Clay, all those guys will be coming in as well. So um, if you are a fan of all of these guys, which I'm sure most people are, it, it's really it is kind of like, you know, the highlight of the year for, uh, you know, if you always wanted to meet your favorite analyst, top expert in the countries. Um, here it is. It, they're yeah. going to be right there in Canton, Ohio. And oh, by the way, we get to have drink, you know, do a lot of drinking and have lots of fun. And our will be shot. So yeah. That, uh, it is surreal to see everybody uh, in the same room. Not everybody, but you know, a lot, a yeah. lot of people, you know, from from online in the same room. It's it was almost I was I almost felt like rattled by it when I when I first saw it. You know, I'm looking around. Oh, there's there's Andy Barons, there's Brad Evans, there's Pat Doherty. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> this can't be real. It was uh, it was it was quite the experience, and I'm looking forward to it again. Hey, Bob, before we let you go, I mean, tell people about the consistency guide, just what it is, where they can find it, and maybe a few of the examples this year. Yeah, so the consistency guide is something I've been writing for the last six years. Um, honored to be nominated for five straight seasons uh, as one of the best fantasy publications in the country. Last year, I lost out to you guys, uh, which is fine. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I'm just honored to even be nominated. That's Didn't how we can afford to sponsor the event this year. So yeah, there you go. Right, because of all that, <laughs> all those sales. Uh, we did win it in 2018, so I have I have won it once. But the whole idea is just you know, if you play fantasy football, you kind of if you haven't run into this problem, you get to the end of the year, you miss the playoffs by a couple games, and you're still one of the higher scoring teams. You're like, I have no idea what happened. Well, you might have a lot of inconsistent players on your team like an Anthony Antonio Gibson, who was 10th in total points, but only 56% consistent. Uh, Tyler Lockett, you know, those kind of players every year that seem to 
you know, put up the big points, but not in a consistent basis. And so the magazine's out on Amazon.com. Just search 2022 consistency. Something new this year, which uh, I found very effective so far, and I'm going to be using it, obviously, in the King's Classic, is uh, created a, a calculation for flex consistency. So you're in these high uh, flex leagues like Superflex with Scott Fishbowl, and they have multiple flexes. We have three flex, uh, uh, extra flex in the King's Classic is how that the adjustment of the clutch factor, which is where you earn your clutch game to get to your consistency rating, when it drops down a little bit because you have more uh, players involved, more flex positions, um, some players actually start really jumping up uh, numbers-wise. So, for, for example, uh, Kirk Cousins goes from 63% to 80, 85% uh, in a super flex league. Uh, even a David uh, Daniel Jones went from 35% to 65% in just a, a regular super flex, and that was last year without Brian Dable. So a lot of uh, potential for improvement there. Uh, so if you're in one of those kind of leagues, that flex consistency is some great information that is new to the guy this year and on the Big Guy Fantasy Sports website. That's a great addition. Uh, I think I think uh, winning winning the flex is a key uh, to uh, to getting getting to the playoffs and obviously uh, getting a championship. So that's a great addition. Yeah, thanks, Bob. Anything else you need to tell us about the guide about the expo that you want people to know? Uh, what, what are the dates? Know. How where? Oh where yh, yeah, the dates. Yeah, that's yeah. Very important. <laughs> So uh, August that. 12th through the 14th, it's in Canton, Ohio. Uh, the tickets uh, for the whole weekend. So all the parties, everything, the $75 for the weekend package. Uh, go to thefantasyfootballexpo.com. You can buy your ticket packets there. Uh, if you want to put together your flight football team, you want to get you know that kind of stuff together, You know, start working on that. Uh, we'll have the quarterback skills challenge probably out next week for that. Uh, but you know what? It's a month from today. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. <laughs> That's the scary part. I need to so. buy my tickets. Yeah, <laughs> I there you, my plane yeah, tickets you, you guys are covered. <laughs> Just, Ed, Ed's got Ed's got your coupon code. Um, and then, of course, you know, um, I'm sure you guys have been reading this a lot of your podcast. Uh, anybody out there who is listening to this, use uh, code coupon code NBC Pass, and that saves them twenty dollars on those ticket packages. So okay. make sure you do that. You're down to 55 bucks at that price. You can't afford not to buy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, so it really definitely is. Come, out, come see your favorite guys here. Denny, Pat, um, say hi to me. I appreciate that as well. But I think you're missing out. If, if you can get here, get here. That's all I can okay. say. No, it's true. Quite literally, everyone's there. M- NBC, CBS, ESPN, RotoWire, RotoViz, any, any one of your company, NFL points. Network. Yeah. Any company you can think of, we're going to be there and hanging out and having a good time. And you know, very, I mean, Canton, Ohio is like basically a six to eight hour drive from like anywhere in the country. Uh, <laughs> if you can't fly into Canton, Cleveland's just an hour drive. It's very right. easily accessible. So we highly recommend checking it out. And well, Denny and I will be there. Um, so I don't know if that's a selling point or not. But yeah, it should be. I don't know why it wouldn't be. <laughs> I, I, I feel like it's a wash. I feel like the number of people. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, thank you so much for stopping by and taking time to tell us about yeah. it today. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. We'll see you in a month. Always a pleasure. See you August 12th. That was Bob Lung. Uh, I'm Pat. That's Denny. Denny, should we talk about kickers or should we just end the show? You, you check out my, my my kicker regression piece on the site. It's it's honestly, it's hard to talk about. Uh, well, so. t- who, who are some people bouncing back this year? Uh, yeah, just check yeah. it out on the site. It is... If you're going to read about kickers, it might as well be in July. Absolutely. Brandon McManus. That's all I'll say. Oh, boy.
That's actually a really good one. I yeah. should be try drafting him in every league. You should. Um, but check it out. Danny is always filling the website with content. I will be later this week posting my annual general manager rankings. Yes. So please, please check that out. Uh, much thanks to Bob for joining us today. Much thanks to Russell Wilson for 25 minutes of subject matter. Uh, not a whole lot going on right now. I could have gone for an hour. I have so much. I think we could have. I, we probably just should have. But um, no Russ, yeah, we're all rooting for you. And yeah, we'll keep debating your T-levels until the end of time. We will not be debating Denny and I's T-levels. They are low. So, um, that's why we need this audience. We need you so bad. We need any shot in the arm, any boost we can get. So thank you so much for listening. For Bob, for Denny, I'm Pat. We will catch you later this week on Thursday.